Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. I'm going to try to get this timer to stop going. We are streaming live from Caveat in Manhattan. <laughs> I am uh, really, really excited about tonight uh, for several reasons, not least of which we've got a great program. We've got this mammoth marimba here. We're going to hear a string quartet later, some clarinet music, uh, fabulous music inspired by astrology, which is the theme for tonight. Um, but I'm also excited because this is a new venture. Uh, this is Relevant Tones 2.0, launching it now in a new format uh, as a live stream show. This is the first time I've ever broadcast with live stream as the exclusive broadcast medium, uh, which is really, really exciting. So very happy about that. My idea for this new format for Relevant Tones was to, well, it's a little nerdy, uh, to, get, to take a big conversation, have a, you know, really get into it, talk about things that are affecting all of us as human beings, but, but especially creative people and especially composers, especially living composers, uh, because Relevant Tones focuses on the music of today. So the premise of the show is art doesn't happen in a vacuum. We're gonna talk about a lot of things that are happening out there and how that impacts music that's being created today. And then we're gonna hear some of that music. So I'm really excited to have these special guests tonight, expert astrologers Rebecca Gordon and Samuel F. Reynolds. Thanks so much for coming. You just grab your mics. So um, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, but let's get to know both of you a little bit first. Uh, I assume that when you were kids, you weren't thinking, I'm going to grow up to be a professional astrologer. Um, I, I don't recall that being an option at career day in elementary school. So uh, let's start with you, Sam. Just one minute. Um, how did you get into astrology? Trying to disprove it, actually. Uh, okay. So this was my most successful failure. My, you know, so I, um, I actually got into it after seeing an astrologer. And I was blown away by what he had to say, but I thought it was all a trick. So I spent 10 years researching and looking at charts and looking at what astrology was made of and thinking about it before I decided that I wanted to be an astrologer. So I had to actually vet it first because it didn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca, how about you? So I actually started off with an interest in astronomy, not astrology. So as a kid, I actually kind of did want to be an astronomer. Uh, and uh, my favorite place was the Hayden Planetarium to go back then. Anyway, I discovered astrology at about age 14. I uh, found a book on a neighbor's shelf. That woman that was my neighbor soon became my stepmother, and my stepmother then became my astrology mentor, and we studied weekly. At first, similar to Sam, I was like, wait, I like astronomy. What is this mumbo-jumbo? And similarly, I tried to prove it wrong. I was like, how can this be? Um, and the more I looked into it, the more compelling it became. It completely took me in awe and captured my life. <laughs> so here we are. Oh, that's fantastic. So I, I had uh, or have several dozen themes for different Relevant Tones episodes. I, I chose astrology for this one after reading an article in The New Yorker, uh, which was a pretty interesting article where they were saying that astrology is right now experiencing a boom in popularity. There's more mainstream acceptance of astrology than there has been since like the 1970s. People are talking about it openly <laughs> during the day. Um, so wh what, what do you think is, uh, the why do you think there is this uptick of popularity? Uh, so I, as you say that, there's three reasons that come up. Uh, the first one would be the democratization of astrology because of the internet and social media, whereas all these people that used to be interested in it, uh, maybe in corporate were hiding it in their cubicles, their horoscope magazines and things like that. And now with Instagram, there's so many people sharing it freely and everybody can get out of the closet, so to speak, and it's sort of more openly accepted. 
as well as just overall spirituality is in um, self-realization studies as well are becoming more mainstream, I believe. So th that's a wonderful thing. People are becoming more interested in why we are here, what we are doing. The second reason um, is actually something astrological. And uh, Sam, you're gonna know what I'm talking about with this. The planet Neptune, which pretty much rules what, pretty much how we see God at any time, how, how we find spirit. And Neptune is in the sign of Pisces right now. So it's as if, um, it's as if the floodgates are open and people uh, have been more open than ever. This is a 14-year cycle. We're in the middle of it right now. The last time it happened was in the 1840s, 1850s, and that was a huge rise in spirituality across the world. And so we're seeing that come up again right now. So when you say people are open, that's what you mean? People are open to more spiritual concepts? Yeah, I mean, back in the 1840s and 50s, there was this big trend of seances and the spiritualist church that came up in upstate New York uh, and all over the globe. There was these, real, uh, these bubbling, simmering bits of different versions of w ways of connecting to spirit and uh, astrology being one of them. Now it's having that, that same cycle is reoccurring right now. And astrology is basically pattern recognition. So this is a, another pattern that's reoccurring right now. And uh, the last reason that I would say is uh, meaning. You know, I always imagine like if there is a grocery store at the end of the world, what people really desire is meaning. Why are we here? What are we doing on this planet? And now more than ever, when there's so many questions, when we look at our politics and whole global situation, um, we question, what is this about? What is this existence? Why are we here? And as situations can become more tenuous, uh, the quest for meaning becomes heightened. And that's also, I think, a factor. So I know Sam has something else interesting we discussed today, yeah, too. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, one other thing I'll add is that it's an astrological factor. Um, I would say that a particular set of people born probably in the late 80s under the auspices of the time when Uranus was in Sagittarius, they've come of age where they want to broaden their horizons, both in terms of philosophically and also spiritually, like Rebecca was talking about. And I think what comes with that is just being open and being open to what other possibilities rather than just what's uh, termed by religion or what's termed by science. And so they want to kind of find a different way of lo looking at that. Piggybacking off of that thought, I think we also have a number of people who haven't found a home philosophically or identity-wise through astrology without some other aspects of judgment. You know, there's been judgment from the scientific community at one point for those who are LGBTQ, right? And so there's also been that from the religious community. In astrology, you can just be an Aries. Right? or Virgo, and not worried about someone kind of stigmatizing you or stymieing you from a particular angle. Now, some people are concerned about that, and they say, like, oh, well, that can lead to another kind of discrimination. Well, let me tell you, there are more people who have been lynched for being black than being a Libra. So <laughs> That's undeniably true. I, I ho I hope <laughs> and I think <laughs> and race is just as tenuous as a concept as a zodiac. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we can talk about that. It's, it's interesting. There's, there's a thing in the New Yorker article too that, like, I mean, some millennials are, you know, refusing to date certain signs or, or canceling, right. <laughs> so to speak, certain signs. Just you know, only knowing that, only knowing their sun sign, they're like, well, I'm not going to like you. I'm going to just save myself some time and trouble here. Right. Which seems a little irresponsible, but <laughs> it is. Agree. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think most astrologers would agree because they're just taking one little sample of information and ballooning it out of too much. All right, let's, uh, let's have some music now. So uh, the first piece on the program, inspired by astrology, is called Sun in Virgo. <laughs> and it's by Perry Maurer, who her sun sign is in Virgo. I think uh, yes, indeed. it's the inspiration for that piece. Uh, it's, by so it's for solo clarinet, and we're going to hear Ford Porcurian perform.
music by Perry Maurer, who is uh, here today in the audience, which is always exciting to have the composer present. Uh, so the piece was called Sun in Virgo, and we heard Ford Corcurian performing. Uh, we're going to have a lot more music on the program tonight, and it's, it's all really, really wonderful. So we're heading towards a piece by Mark Mellitz that's called Zodiac. And uh, the piece in its entirety, we're going to hear an excerpt of it tonight, but in its entirety, it is 12 short movements. Uh, I think the number 12 is not surprising <laughs> to anybody here on stage. They're all the different sun signs. Um, so I think it's a great place for us to move in our conversation now. Um, one of the things we were talking about right before Ford performed, uh, you only have a little bit of information if you know somebody's sun sign. So as I was reading about astrology to prepare for the show, I was really pretty stunned and overwhelmed at how complex it is, <laughs> which I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, talking to the two of you. But um, there's really an, an awful lot of factors. So what else besides a sun sign is affecting somebody's chart? Uh, well, many things. Uh, the sun, uh, as we look at a birth chart, we look at basically a snapshot of the sky at the time you were born, and the sun is actually just one small part of it all. You also have a moon sign that speaks about your emotional body. You have a Mars and Venus sign that speak about your passion signature, and many generational planets that speak about the soul of your generation, the zeitgeist there. So, um, but the funny thing is, people walk around saying, you know, I'm a Gemini or I'm an Aries, but the truth is, you all have each zodiac sign within you somewhere. Um, so it's really a misnomer to say I am just one sign. Uh, well, you see those charts there, like, like uh, visually, and, and they show, because uh, there's, like, like, there's like the cradle or the this or the that, and they have the planets, and sometimes some of the, the houses or the things on the chart are completely empty, but you're still saying that there's still some yeah. aspect. Yeah, I mean, even if you have an empty seventh house or fifth house, that doesn't mean that you're having an empty love life or no kids or anything like that. Um, there's a planet that's in charge of every sector of your chart. Mm -hmm. And so that planet will give us more information or give an astrologer or, or someone just looking at their chart who learns astrology more information about themselves in that area of their lives. And the houses, these are actually like sectors of space through which the planets That are divided travel. by 12, yes. Okay, from the perspective of Earth. Correct. Okay. Um, and I mean, this has been a, this is a really old concept. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's something that's been with us for at least um, 2,100 2, years in this form. But then, of course, earlier than that, there were omens that were selected and chosen from the heavens and then delineated from even Babylonian times and before. You pulled up a chart? I did. <laughs> At the moment, you I wish you could put it up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can send it to you. Well, I, I, I just pulled up two charts, actually. Uh, Seth, I pulled up your chart. And uh -oh. I oh, you have info on me. Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. It's turning to Jerry Springer here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> is this your chart? Where's the sun? <laughs> well, actually, this is a great time to bring up the concept of sun, moon, and rising. Okay. Um, so, Seth... Uh, Okay, just can hold on one second. Actually, wait a minute. Can you, I just want to make sure this is totally right. Can you confirm your month of birth? Yes. Okay, November 24th. Okay, so what we have is a Sagittarius sun, a Gemini rising, and an Aquarius moon. Now, we call that the Grand Trinity in astrology. That sounds cool. Is that cool? <laughs> well, the Grand Trinity is not, I mean, it's not yeah, just it, because, yeah, it's, 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 we're oh. looking at the sun, the moon and the rising sign. And the rising sign is what sign was coming above the horizon when you were born. And to put that in context, too, I see it as like the sun sign is pretty much what you came here to do on the planet. 
your main archetype, your role, the rising sign would be like the how, the vehicle, how you do the job of your sun sign. And then the moon sign I see as your core, your emotions, and what you really need to thrive in life, what will really satisfy your soul. So um, the thing that I thought was really interesting about you is that you are all fire and air. And um, fire is the energy of passion and inspiration. Creativity. Creativity, yeah. Sun being in Sagittarius, the sign of the great adventure explorer. Does that feel like your archetype? Yeah, that's me. I was just uh, rock climbing last night. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, for real? <laughs> no, I'm not an outdoorsy type. I'm adventurous in other ways. Right. You are. I mean, doing this is adventurous, I think. Right, and you have a lot of air, so you're communicating. You're interested in communicating and sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, the way... thought. Exactly. I mean, the way he does his Sagittarius sun sign through Gemini rising, right. through the vehicle of air, you're creating these wonderful events where people can commune and share, connect. So through the Gemini lens. So I, I, again, I mean, this is you know, through no fault of my own, uh, how things were set in the, in the heavens when I was born. I mean, if, if my, you know, if I had taken a couple of days longer, I would be a totally different person. Is, is that true? Or if you take taken you know? a few minutes longer, okay. it might reflect a different person. Uh. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, the rising sign, absolutely. Right. And then the moon sign also, Aquarius moon. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that, Sam? Well, I think that's very strongly interested in bringing together people who are on the perimeter, who in some way function out of the view of what, quote, unquote, might be deemed the mainstream or the norm. Um, that might also describe you at some point in your life, feeling like on the outside and wanting to kind of deal with that and having some... Fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> some idea of feeling out through, through, there. Through college. You know, you might remember the X-Files. It's like, you know, like, there's, it's out there. I mean, that's probably how Seth has felt, like, in a sense. So, yeah. I, I do this for each of you, too, by the way. I might want to add one more thing to that about the Aquarius moon. Uh, there also can be this um, extremely humanitarian quality mm -hmm. where you your desire emotionally is to help other people and in some way um, to give back. So. Yeah, I've definitely wasted too much time with that. That's definitely... <laughs> I'm kidding. Too much about yourself. Huh? <laughs> That's also the, the deference of that moon in Aquarius, too. So, okay, this is, this is how the planets and, and everything were when I was born. But it's still, the configurations of the planets still affect me and everyone throughout our lives. Is that, is that correct? It's not like this is just a snapshot and, you know, there you go for hopefully 90 uh, you years. You know, astrology does have the challenge of a grammar problem, right? And one of the, the grammatical issues that I think we as astrologers struggle with is that when we say, because we do say it, we do say effects, right? But is that literal? And I don't think, in, in, if I were to say it out loud or even if a client were to ask me, like, do you believe it's literally affecting me? No. What I think it's describing the set circumstances and situations related to your character that you kind of give off, you know? So I think in terms, it's, we have to look at astrology as more signaling something rather than determining it. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. But there's also, I mean, for my given astrological makeup, like who I am as, as a human being, there are days or times of any given mm -hmm. year that are like, I should stay in bed probably, right? Well, uh, I would say as, you know, when usually people come to probably me or Sam or any astrologer, they're usually going through one of those times yeah. where it's like, um, and astrologically we call that sometimes a Pluto transit or something or like Saturn that. Saturn transit. Saturn transit, exactly. So, the th I look at it like this. You have your natal chart always, which is akin to the terrain. If you imagine, if you imagine an ecosystem, you can think of you know the desert 
Ward, the fjords, some, some unique ecosystem is your chart. The transits are what's going on any, any random day in the sky. And we can have a lot of planets and water signs. And if you have a lot of water in your chart, you might want to just stay in bed. That can feel like a, just a, a downpour. But let's say you have a lot of air, and you're like, wow, this is refreshing, all of this water. The transits are the weather. It's raining, it's snowing, the, it's always changing. Every day is different. And um, as astrologers, I think, uh, well, a lot of people come to us, they're trying to understand what's going on in their life. And what we do is pretty much, we take the zoom lens way out, and we give these transits meaning. We speak about the implications of them. And often, the person sitting there will feel a bit relieved because there's some explanation as well. But again, as Sam said, it's not, it's not like the planets are making you do things. Right, right. <laughs> and I think it better than your question is, uh, is like, well, how much is predetermined by our chart? Like, what about free will? Well, I mean, free will is kind of like a, on you know, shaky ground right now, even from neuroscientists, right? So this, let's put that out there. But what I like to say is that fate has two arms, right? And one of them is your own. So I think what we're talking about with a chart is a description of what are the given circumstances that you were born with, and then it's your consciousness and how you're gonna perceive things that can change what you do with that. All right, let's return to this conversation in a moment. We're getting some heavy stuff. Uh, I love free will, that's gonna be, we're gonna get into that. Uh, we're gonna hear some music now by Mark Mellitz. Uh, this is four movements from the piece Zodiac, and we are going to hear Taurus, Aries, Cancer, and Leo. Our performer for these pieces is Peter Ferry who is the guy for whom they were written. So I got the guy. This is the guy right here. <laughs> Here's Peter Ferry to perform the musical Mark Mellitz.
hang tight, Peter. Don't go anywhere. Uh, it's Peter Ferry performing music of Mark Mellitz. Um, so, Peter, do you know much about Mark's inspiration for these pieces? I mean, well, obviously, the Zodiac, but that was a kind of an odd take on uh, Leo, isn't it? I mean, I think of Leo as being outgoing, expansive, and, and it was kind of more introverted. It is. Uh, he, he talks about this Leo movement as trying to show a softer, calmer side of the lion that is Leo. Um, and for all of these movements, there's, there's, um, it's so hard for me as someone who doesn't know so much about horoscope signs to sort out the things that are more traditional kind of horoscope sign characteristics um, for sun signs or for me as I interpret them and I imagine for Mark or for anyone else, um, I associate the movements and their different horoscope signs with people I know who have those horoscope signs. I can never play the Scorpio movement and not think of my big brother. Uh, and the cancer movement is one, as a cancer, that I feel a connection to. I think because I'm in part looking for a connection and I've become so invested in the movement and all its little details. And that kind of like almost boogie-woogie pattern in the, in the you, know, you can really picture a crab kind of moving around. I mean, to me, that's, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, and Mark talks about that movement too as the same way a crab moves sideways and the way it kind of gets around is irregular. The, the piece is a little bit of a palindrome, that cancer movement, and it kind of moves this way and then it just comes right back to where it was before. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a great idea, musically. Um, so, and you're doing something with ringtones with this project? Yeah, there's um, this, all of these different movements have such a distilled and specific musical character that uh, I'm doing a project to record not only this whole piece, but um, to make ringtones out of each of the movements. So some of the ones that um, we don't have time to play today, but I can give you a little hint of the ringtones, is uh, the Virgo movement. <laughs> or, uh, let's see, Gemini. Or uh, Pisces is another one we won't have time to play. And for this one, Mark Mellitz, the composer, puts at the beginning, superfly, superfish, superflying fish. It's a really <laughs> swift movement. <laughs> and all of these work so well on marimba in part, I think, because we have the marimba in our ear as the text and ringtone sound, mainly because of But I'll, I'm, I'm working on recording these and getting these out. If you're interested um, to get those, I've set up an easy way. If you, on your phone or on your email, send any message to zodiaclisten at gmail.com. I've set it up so it'll automatically send you back uh, news on this as it comes out. And in the meantime, a link to a special private video from the making of this piece from Mark coming over to my studio and showing me drafts and a first-hand look at that collaboration back and forth. So that's zodiaclisten at gmail.com is an easy way to get that stuff. It could be blank. You can send me a note. Yeah. All right. Prepare to get a lot of emails. <laughs> yeah. It's a very cool project. So we'll hear more with Peter in a little bit here. We're going to continue our conversation. Uh, if you don't mind returning the mic. Yeah.